God Hears Her. God Hears Her. God Hears Her is brought to you. Is brought to you. By our Daily Bread Ministries. Visit GodHearsHer.org. Visit GodHearsHer.org. Or find us on social for more information. I have encountered families during this season who shun their Mm. children, who have chosen a different lifestyle or who are on a different walk. The thinking being that that kind of tough love is going to turn it around. I don't condemn that because we don't know all the ins and outs of other people's stories. But I do know, based on how the Lord has wired me, that graciously He said, you want to love, so love her and trust me. And so we're able then to still be a family even though the details of our conflict have not been resolved. You're listening to God Hears Her, a podcast for women where we explore the stunning truth that God hears you, He sees you, and He loves you because you are His. Find out how these realities free you today on God Hears Her. Welcome to God Hears Her. I'm Erin Eddy. And I'm Elisa Morgan. How can you disagree with someone you love and still maintain a healthy relationship with them? What does it look like to be a good friend or a loving family member to someone who's chosen a different path than you expected or would want for them to choose? Well, today, Patricia Rabin will help us think through how we can love those with whom we disagree. Patricia is a writer for Our Daily Bread. She's also an author, and her first book titled My First White Friend is still as relevant today as it was 35 years ago when she wrote it. And that's where we want to begin our conversation. As Patricia describes why the message of her first book, My First White Friend, still resonates with so many people. This is God Hears Her. Race relations still confuses Um, worries, angers, um, divides people. And I, um, in one part of me, feel a little bit heartbroken that Mm -hmm. we're still in that place. Mm -hmm. But you know what? As I look at history, there's never been a time when people were not divided by differences and by ethnicities. Mm -hmm. And so a book that I thought would just have a season is Evergreen. It is. Yeah. Because we are always uh, wrestling with our differences. Sometimes they're ethnic. But one thing I read after writing that book is that um, a lot of people read it not because they were having um, racial issues they were struggling with, but because they were having issues in their own families. Mm -hmm. And they needed to know how to bridge those divides. I remember um, a man telling me, that after reading My First White Friend, that he was inspired to reach out to a brother he hadn't spoken to in five years, a sibling. Writing it, I just never imagined that it would find a utility in that kind of tension. But people struggle to get along. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they, <do. laughs> they really do. Yeah. We all do. And yeah, I find it ironic, Patricia, having known you from a distance, many decades ago, and then knowing you a bit closer in proximity over the last five, eight years or so, we serve on a board. But it's fascinating to me, ironic, and can we even say providential, Mm -hmm. that the topic that attracted you to your first book is one that God brought home into your own family, the topic of how do we get along with differences? Yes. You know, uh, God knows what God is doing. 
that book is called My First White Friend. My younger daughter married someone who's white. And so um, the uh, work of that book became not just academic, but it became part of what was going on at, in my kitchen table. Mm -hmm. And so I never imagined that that book would prepare me um, in that way to have an interracial family. Mm -hmm. Wow. Mm -hmm. But I, I do. And um, my son-in-law is my son. A day hardly goes by when I don't tell my husband, Dan, how grateful I am for Paul. And um, well, this sounds a little selfish. He's a great cook. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. But uh, And when he cooks, he'll always very often give us a buzz and say, if, if you haven't fixed dinner today, Mm -hmm. um, I just made tacos and tamales and this and that and <laughs> chips and queso. Okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm down. See you. Yeah. Sign me up for right. that. <laughs> what did that book and that process of writing it and just being very vulnerable with your feelings in the book, what did it teach you? It taught me that our stories are not our own. Mm. I share a lot as a writer of memoir and my daughter's Erin used to say to me, Mom, how can you tell these personal stories? But what I discovered is they really are not mine. They give the people who read them permission to reflect on their own lives. Mm. I didn't know that when I wrote that book. But almost immediately when, you know, I began to get um, feedback from it, people would say, thank you for your book. I really enjoyed it. And then next sentence, it reminds me of my life. And then mm -hmm. two or three pages on their journey. Wow. Things happen to me, but I can share that and let that go and um, put that out into the world as a way of helping or inspiring or teaching others. It's and a so way of stewarding, yes. isn't it? Uh, experiences. Some yes. are happy and some are really painful. And uh, universal. Uh-huh. And so everybody's trying to do the same thing, yeah. you know, put food on the table, raise children, um, relate to spouses and offspring and siblings. And when we share what we've been taught in our own humble circumstances, the Lord just is able to do great things if we'll let it go. Mm. How do we let it go? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Trust the Lord that what the Lord does with it yeah. will bless others. I think there's an investment of vulnerability too, though, Patricia, because you write in a memoir genre, which means sharing first person from your own experiences. And that's a great and exorbitant cost to an author to reveal in that way. The theme that in my heart threads through, and this just my little tiny peephole into your writing, but my peephole is you do have this theme of differences, differences in people, differences in skin color, differences in cultures, differences mm -hmm. in faith, differences. And, you know, as we said, it's ironic that the topic of my first white friend that you wrote from your growing up years as a young, young girl and then woman, and then your family becomes one that is biracial through marriage of your daughter, another difference appeared with another one of your daughters. And this difference is a bit more recent. Can you tell us about that one? My younger daughter who um, left the faith, I'm a lover of Christ and um, sold out for Jesus. You are. And have raised my daughters in the faith. And our younger daughter, right before 9-11, left the faith and converted to Islam. Whoa. 
And uh, she's actually the one whose husband also is white. He that's right. did the same thing, was raised as a follower of Christ and left the faith. And that's why they were introduced. Their mutual friends knew their stories mm. and introduced them. Did I see that coming? Hmm. No, I didn't. How did that hit you, Patricia? How did... A ton of bricks. Uh-huh. Is, yeah. uh-huh. is that an idiom that people still use? I think yes. so. A ton mm-hmm. of bricks. I'm smiling today, but we had 10 long years mm. of um, arguing mm. and tension. Mm-hmm. I'm sure. It was a hard place to be in. And how, mm. what kind of conflict, how did that, how did it show itself? I'm sure it wasn't pretty. Mm. And I've actually read some of your writing on it, so I know it wasn't pretty. But for people who are listening, we tend to think, no, Patricia Rapin wouldn't have an ugly moment. She's <laughs> Jesus-y. Yeah. <laughs> but not a theologian by training mm-hmm. and not uh, an expert in apologetics. I uh, just, you know, love the Lord and assumed that everybody in my family would, too. Assume that in December we'd have Christmas and everybody in the family would be there. Mm-hmm. Assumed in, at, around Easter we'd all be having a Easter egg hunt in the backyard. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And Because that's uh, how you grew up and you caught it that way. And yep. right. That's not the picture. And um, so what I went through first and didn't know that I was experiencing it was grief. Mm-hmm. I think every mother has a dream of her family and what it's going to look like. Mm-hmm. And when my daughter started right away wearing hijab, which is the covering that Islamic women wear, and rejecting certain kinds of food, pork, and and just like my, my husband says, good old pork chops, or <laughs> <laughs> just basic yeah. things that happen in families yeah. that we take for granted. And so when those things went away, I was grieving and didn't know that's what the pain was. Mm-hmm. And so I would cry at odd times, and mm-hmm. I didn't know how to pray about it, and I clung to that scripture some of your listeners may know that says, I'm paraphrasing, that when we don't know what to pray, the Holy Spirit prays for us. Mm-hmm. And I would just beg, Holy yes. Spirit, Lord, pray for me. I don't know how to pray. My prayers are not moving this mountain. And that is a beautiful directive as from Romans 8, you know, that the Spirit intercedes with us with Mm -hmm. groans when we have no words. And I go to that, too. I have many times when I haven't known what to pray. Did God show you what to pray? Did did he answer? Is your daughter now back with Jesus? Everybody (laughs) goes, does it work? And when we come back, we'll hear Patricia's response to how the Holy Spirit met her when she didn't know how to pray, how God worked in the situation with her daughter, and how God can and will meet you too in whatever situation you're dealing with. That's coming up on God Hears Her. Hey friends, if you're enjoying today's episode, go ahead and hit that subscribe button so you never miss a new episode of the God Hears Her podcast. When you subscribe, new episodes are delivered straight to your device or computer. So hit subscribe right now. And remember that God sees you, He hears you, and He loves you because you are His. Welcome back to God Hears Her. I'm Elisa Morgan. And I'm Erin Eddy. 
And in just a moment, we will hear Patricia answer the question about how the Holy Spirit met her and helped her with her daughter. But before we do, just a quick reminder that if you miss anything in today's show, the show notes are available in the podcast description or on our website at godhearsher.org. The show notes not only contain the talking points for today's episode, you'll also find a link to a free e-booklet titled Clinging to Hope in the Storm. This free e-booklet shows how Jesus is with us in times of struggle and offers comfort for anyone who's experiencing a difficult season. Just click on the link in the podcast description or on our website at godhearsher.org. That's godhearsher.org. Now, back to the show. Here's Patricia Rabin as she answers Elisa's question. So did it work? This is God Hears Her. What worked is Mm -hmm. the healing of Jesus. He is the healer. And so the details of our relationship have not come to a nice Hollywood happy ending. Faith-wise, she's still practicing a different faith. But the Lord uh, encouraged me to just love her and to trust him. Mm. I want to um, put a pin there because I have encountered families during this season who shun their Mm. children, who have chosen a different lifestyle or who are on a different walk. The thinking being that that kind of tough love is going to turn it around. I don't condemn that because we don't know all the ins and outs of other people's stories. But I do know, based on how the Lord has wired me, that graciously, he said, you want to love, so love her Mm. and trust me. And so we're able then to still be a family, even though the details of our conflict have not been resolved. Wow. And if anybody is just tuned in at that time, that's the nugget. (laughs) (laughs) This is the teaser and the nugget and the takeaway. Yes. And that was a 10-year process to get to that point. We used to battle in my kitchen over theological details. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I'd throw out this Bible verse and she would throw out something from the Quran. and, And finally, I allowed the Lord to give me permission to drop that tactic, which wasn't working, and do non-faith things with a woman who I raised, who I birthed. Yeah, You labored to bring her forth. And Mm -hmm. she's um, a beautiful person. And so she asked me um, not to, well, we agreed to respect one another. And I agreed to respect the choice that she had made, not to accept the choice, mm. but to respect. Oh, that's so, a difference. That's yes. so good. Say that again. Yeah. Say not that. to accept the choice she made, but mm-hmm. to respect her right okay. to make the choice. Mm-hmm. Well, respect is um, a word in the Latin that means to look again. Mm-hmm. And looking again at Alana, that's my daughter's name, I saw a beautiful person. She's a great citizen, a wonderful mom. She has three wonderful children, a a lovely wife. She's an educator, a great teacher and lover of teaching and learning, a good neighbor. Her friends love her. Hmm. And for me to miss that, getting stuck in this one other rut Hmm. would have, I couldn't give any more years away to that. 
And so I know people want the end of my story to be the other thing. <laughs> yeah, Yesterday, sure. somebody was telling me about one of the other Our Daily Bread writers who had a quote-unquote prodigal son. The end of their story is that that son came back to the faith. And people love those stories. Mm-hmm. Well, it's one of our favorite Bible stories. Yes. Yes, <laughs> yes, isn't it? Yeah. yes it is. Yeah. That's not the end of my story. The Lord is still writing mm. the end. Right, because the story hasn't ended yes. yet. That's so yes. good. She asked me one time mm-hmm. um, about um, a church. My husband and I, for a season, left a longtime church and recently reunited there. But in that interim, she asked me, mm-hmm. She, this daughter asked me, why aren't you going to such and such church that yeah. she'd heard people talk about? Mm-hmm. And so... She's still in the neighborhood. She's mm-hmm. paying attention too. <laughs> right. Yeah. Which is looking again, yes. which is respect. There is a, I think, Patricia, when mm-hmm. you model that respect, it invites it back. Mm-hmm. Right. I have a family member who lives a very different life. We're very close, we're very mm-hmm. different. Mm-hmm. And God led me to a similar response that I maybe don't need to accept, yeah. but I need to respect. Mm-hmm. And one of the other things I've heard you say, Patricia, You've said that you're trying to write to love. Mm. Can you unpack that a little bit? Because it sounds like it's grown out of a lot of these experiences. In this digital world we live in right now, very frequently, and any day at any time, we can see writing not to love. Mm. There's a professor, I regret I can't remember his name, or university right now, but he talks about people throwing digital chairs at one another. Oh, yeah. that's and, graphic. Yes. yes. You know, you know you never probably see somebody you're arguing with on Facebook or Twitter. That's right. And so you take the gloves off. And people love that. You know, they literally like it. <laughs> yeah. uh, <laughs> so true. Share um, it, yeah. The more measured thing to do is to write to love. And in a way, that opens doors and invites people in. And it also quiets the, um, the elbows. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because you can't have family with sharp elbows. Mm. And tolerance is, some people are starting to take issue with that word. But in the life of a family, tolerance allows the family to keep going. Mm. There are all kinds of ways and days to say, I'm done with this. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And um, the other way is to respect. Mm -hmm. I would love to know, Patricia, to maybe somebody that's listening that's found themselves where you were 10 years ago, and maybe they don't even know what to pray, or maybe they don't know what words to hold on to, or questions to ask, or no questions to ask. What would you tell them? What would be one thing you would want to say, cling to this? I would encourage them to first put the emphasis on their first love. Mm -hmm. Go back to Christ. John's letter in Revelation, the Spirit of the Lord says to John about this particular church, that they're a great church, you work hard, but you've forgotten your first love. And so I would encourage mothers, siblings, sisters who are listening to this to first go to Christ and reunite And then we are praying first with a sense of trust Mm -hmm. that says, you know, Lord, I am totally lost, but I know you. (laughs) You know where I'm lost. You know how this feels. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know how to um, fix it. 
because otherwise we start preying on our loved one. Mm. Preying on them. <laughs> I love that. Explain <laughs> that. Really yeah. Explain that, preying on a loved one. Um, focusing on what's wrong with them mm-hmm. and asking the Lord to fix him, Jesus, or fix her, Jesus, tend to forget that we need things fixed in us too. You know, abiding in him really allows a, a way to relax in our prayers. And so we can say, I know that this prayer is probably not right, Lord, but I know you know my heart. You know what I want from this family, but more than that, I want what you want Mm -hmm. in our relationship. And would you show me what that is and direct me in that way? And stay there. Yes. Patricia, I I sense in some of our off-mic conversations and knowing each other over this last season, I sense that God is wooing you towards maybe a different expression or even a different kind of call in some way. I don't know, we haven't talked about it directly, but I just wanted to give a a moment to asking you that question. Can you describe what God might be currently wooing you towards? I love the question because in our current world, everybody, every other person, it seems, has a ministry. The Lord is wooing me to Him. And... um, I think he always has been, but I'm in my hurry scurry. I've been trying to be and do all these other things, but he is all the answers. And so I believe he's wooing me to uh, share that. Right before I came here for this meeting, a nephew called with a, the same kind of request. And last night thinking about him, I know who he needs more than anything is the Lord. I know who my daughter needs more than anything is the, who I need more than anything. And uh, finding ways to share that with people and say that, if that's a ministry, yes, yes, Lord, send me. God is wooing all of us to Him, if we would just listen. And He truly is all that we need. Psalm 37.4 says, Delight in the Lord, and He will give you the desires of your heart. When we delight in Him, we find all of our deepest desires met in Him, because what we really desire is Him, and He gives Himself to us. Let me say that again so it can sink into my heart and your heart. When we delight in God, we find all of our deepest desires met in Him, because what we really desire is Him and he gives himself to us. May Patricia's ministry become our ministry as we find all we need in Jesus and help others find all they need in him too. Patricia Rabin made so many powerful points during the show and we've collected those talking points and put them in the show notes. It may be helpful at some point later today or this week to pull those notes up and read through the wisdom that Patricia offered from her life and her experiences. The show notes are available in the podcast description or on our website, godhearsher.org. You'll find out how to order Patricia's books, including My First White Friend and Undivided. As always, we have a free resource available as well. It's a free e-booklet titled Clinging to Hope in the Storm. It offers comfort for anyone who's experiencing a tough season. This e-booklet is yours for free. 
Just click on the link in the podcast description or visit our website, godhearsher.org. That's godhearsher.org. And while you're online, would you take a few moments to rate us and write a review of this podcast? Ratings and reviews help us reach more women with the message that God hears her. Thanks so much for joining us today. And don't forget, God sees you. He hears you. He loves you because you are his. Before we end today's show, I want to take a moment to thank Dave, Barry, and John for their help in creating and sharing the God Hears Her podcast. Thank you, guys. So thankful for you.